ஆங்கிகம் புவனம் யோர் பாடி இஸ் த யூனிவர்ஸ் யோர் பாடி லாங்குவேஜ் வாச்சிக்கம் சர்வ வாங்மயம் யோர் வாய்ஸ் கேன் ஹீல் அண்ட் இமீடியட் இன்டராக்ஷன் வித் சம்படிஸ் ஹூஸ் ஆங்கிரி If you're very smiling, say, please, I'm so sorry about it. That's a simple vachika as an artist, if you can use it. Aharya, in every day, your colors that you choose, the way you dress up, the way, even in dance, when you wear a sari and dance, the way you walk itself is different. The way you wear jeans and walk, the way your attitude changes. Finally, when you do all this, when I'm talking to you, if I don't put my heart, it's not going to matter these four chaturvedabhinayas is enough for you to begin dance as a therapy namaste and welcome to indian artpreneur i'm your host sushma udupa on today's episode we have with us kuchipudi exponent theater artist Presidential awardee from Kendra Sangeetha Natak Academy, Guru Vaijayanti Kashi. She is the granddaughter of the Rangabhumi legend Shri Gubbi Veeranna and her career spans over an impressive spectrum of performance, choreography, teaching, acting, research and organizing. She is the director of Shambhavi School of Dance. which is the only kuchipudi gurukula in bengaluru she is also the organizer of dance jatra india's first ever international dance fair let us talk to guru vijayanti kashi namaste vijayanti ji welcome to indian entrepreneur thank you my first question to you you love sports grew up playing cricket with your brother's friends <laughs> learned bharatanatyam and later kuchipudi worked in a bank for nearly two decades while continuing to perform and teach kuchipudi and you love challenges what makes you such an energetic and dynamic person yet with a calm composure and smile uh <laughs> yes i did play cricket i did play table tennis i played all sorts of games because i was uh, surrounded with my brother and his friends and uh, those were the days when games were given a lot of importance because there was no malls there was no so many hotels and the lifestyle in bangalore it was called the garden city then when i grew up as a child was all about no tuitions school college games and the time with the family and friends and my house which was in vasandhanagar we had a nice garden of course a huge space and um, since uh, i had the, my sister was already married and i had only a brother he was my best friend and his friends were my best friend so this is i'm talking of say <clears throat> right from 7th to my college days but college it was little different because of the age and you know everything changes but then um when i was see young you you just your parents words are vedavakya vedavakya is you just follow them it's in india what they say is the best for you 
So we would have only two, I would have dance classes only twice a week and just for an hour because my guru came home and it was only for me, a personal lesson. And every day after school, which was invariably between 4.30 to 7, it was all nothing but games. So I think this helped me a lot to learn sportsmanship, to, to take, uh, um, you know, winning and losing on the same note because we were all friends. So we never got angry or we would never fight. It was, we were very sportive. And it helped me build my stamina. And you see, you have, you, the goal is there that you want to win. But in the process, if you lose, it's you're losing among your friends. So it was a beautiful way. And I think that's why games are very important. It gives you stamina and it's the best way where you can come out with various emotions. And um, uh, it was a lovely balance of studies, dance class, dance class where, I, where in the, during my learning of the items, I learned so much about gods. And in dance, you learn everything. Okay, so uh, it was a nice striking balance. Later, this, you know, your foundation in life is very important. And they say the first home schooling is your, your guru is your mother. And um, so I think I was surrounded with nice people and there was fun and there was learning. And my parents were very supportive and very broad-minded. So in the morning, I just remember, I always saw my mother decorating the Devmane, we call it the God's room, with beautiful flowers, singing songs, the dhup, the nice agarbatti smell, so, and lovely breakfast. I think everything mattered. It was a lovely foundation. Not that I'm smiling always. I am a very tough person when necessary. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and then in college, I was not a very obedient student. You know, the best part of my college days was that time I was, I'm a student of MES College Maleshwaram, which is known for academics. So um, it was like this. We used to travel. I had to travel in bus. I was in Vasanagar. It was quite a journey. And I would go to college only if I could afford an auto because I hated the way people be misbehaved in the bus. So that would make me very angry. You know, if anybody came intentionally very close to me, I would get so angry. And invariably, every day I used to begin to fight with them. I'm a very, you know, I'm a strong feminist, I must say. So um, I would go to, so finally one day I decided I go to college only when I have money and I can afford an auto. That's when I started working during my college days to earn my money. Not just banking. Before that, I would do, uh, I would uh, work to get, you know, I would take tuitions, I would make my money so that I can afford my auto and go to college. So during my college, I entered theater. And in theater, I learned a lot. So I think, I guess all this made me quite matured for my age. And that was the place where I said, uh, set my goals. I must be something, I must be in, I must contribute, I must be an achiever. I must explore my horizons. So multitasking began from there <laughs> and I loved it. And I, 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 I'm a person right from beginning because I told you it started with games, yes, to win, 
So anything I wanted to do, and also it was the first lesson my father named me Vaijayanti because he was a great fan of Vaijayanti Mala Bali. And he wanted me to be the best, especially in dance, not in studies. So uh, I always had this goal that I must accept. In your childhood, you had artists frequently coming, staying and teaching in your house. Also in your interviews, you've always spoken about the immense support of your father in your dance journey. Can you tell us something about your childhood and its environment that nourished the artist in you? In fact, uh, rather it was my father and mother's dream to make me a dancer. As I told you, I never, we never even knew, you know, in those days, life was so innocent. And there was no social media like today. You see, wow, this dancer, that dancer, Google, you get information. Nothing like that. There were hardly even magazines. So I had a very, um, see, my gurus came home. He did not like me watching other performances. Can you believe it? Guru Ramana is my first Bharatnatyam guru from Tumkur. Mm-hmm. Because those were the days, I guess, when the styles were getting established, you know, and there were very few takers for dance. Awareness of dance was less. So, um, like each guru was very keen that you follow the parampara just how it is without making too many improvisations. Because it was then that this style, what is Bador's style, Kita Papilai style, these things were getting set in. So probably I, I, I never asked him why he didn't want me to see. But I remember once he was saying, what you see remains, if something you like remains in your memory. And without your knowledge, you keep adapting it. And probably this makes the dilution of the stuff. I really never saw even a single show. I was so sincere. And um, probably that's why I got bored of Bharatnatyam, I also guess. Because there were no magazines, there were no videos, there were no performances. It was only repeating the same thing again and again from my guru. And he wanted me to be a perfectionist as well. So uh, I didn't have many. My daughter had the privilege of having many artists. I never had. I, I, I haven't seen even a single artist. But what really was uh, a boon and a bane, I must say, is... My father, J.M. Vishwanath, and my mother, G.V. Grijama, without whom I would have never been a dancer. I thank them today. But then, way back then, I used to sometimes get very angry and irritated with them because it was an age where I wanted others were playing, you know. And my father insisted that I practice every day and forget the practice alone. Um, Dance master used to make us do so much that I really needed stamina. So I remember I had to have consume raw egg with milk, which was the most terrible thing. I hated it. I had to <laughs> wait for opportunities to spill it off. In the minutest of things, like, you know, I should be healthy. I should be strong. I should have good stamina. My father was so keen. And you won't believe it. I still remember he got me the best jewels ever possible from Chennai. Those days, getting jewelry from Chennai was not easy. And those days were stone-embedded jewelry. And uh, 
the clothes, the first fashionable clothes used to come to me before it went to commercial streets, Kiddies Corner. So I think my father had very big dreams for me. And he and my mother, he supported me this way, well as my mother would ensure. Yeah, she, she was the other way. If I don't practice, I was not sent to school. So one way uh, I started disliking dance because I never had some privileges which other young children had at that point of time. And today when I look back, because I was a child, I didn't know what it meant. I feel wow. But what I did was I never liked to force anybody. I learned that because I was forced and I started disliking. Because even my gurus, they used to, Guru Ramana used to force me to do the steps and repeatedly do that. So I thought you should never, you should give children a choice. But this is really depends on a child. Some children need to be given a choice. Some children need to be guided. You know, it depends. And I think Guru Shishya Parampara means this, that understand your child. How is she? Does she, even a slight single word can mean a lot if she's sensitive. And sometimes if she's thick skin, she needs, you know, danda beda, whatever they say. So understand your child I teach. So, uh, and later in my life, when it was my choice and I took up Kuchpudi in the second half of my life after my marriage, it was my mother. Because you see, I was in a bank. I was a mother and we are so sensitive that if your child is not taken in the right hands, you don't want to travel. So it was such a comfort zone that my mother was with me. And she was a critic. She was my friend. She was my best critic. And she would not compromise soon because her father is Dr. Gubbi Virana. She had seen the best of theater, best of artists. And her standards of, you know, uh, set standards of to appreciate something was very high. So uh, she was with me always. And even today, I, without them and without my, the fantastic foundation from Ramana, I think uh, it would have been a very different dancer of me. But what uh, my mother also did was we had an aunt that is Gubi Virana's daughter, Jeevi Lata. Jeevi Lata was a fantastic dancer. She had learned Odyssey. She had learned Kuchipudi. She had learned Bharatanatyam from the great masters. And my mother had closely seen her dance because it's her sister. So she would always inspire me by saying, you know, Lata used to dance like this. She would do this. She would do that. And uh, she was the only reference for me in the sense dance like Lata and be like Vaijinti Malabali. And I think those two persons were enough to inspire me quite often. Your initiation into classical dance happened with Bharatanatyam. But later, mm -hmm. you pursued Kuchipudi. What in Kuchipudi dance form attracted you strongly for you to pursue it? And how different or special is it from other dance forms? See, um, I always say this, and I've, I said it in many interviews, and I continue to say this. Once a dancer, a lifetime a dancer. Because I think it has a magic uh, that it works on so many levels of your body, your mind, your spirit, and your culture, which is instilled in you. Okay. So though I had disliked Bharatanatyam various reasons, because as I told you, I was the only one. I didn't have friends. And also um, 
later when I got to watch a performance, my ma master was angry and he discontinued and there was a long gap. This long gap was a time when I was in college and I was in, because I was a dancer, I was invited to do the main role, lead role in a play, a musical play, folk play, scripted by Kambara, directed by Nagabharna. The hero was Vijay Kashi, who became my hero later. Uh, we did Sangya Balya, okay? Uh, I would call it destiny because my cousin was doing it, this play, this role, the lead role. And she had to leave to Delhi to do her further studies. And so I was invited and we did about 200 beautiful houseful shows, different parts of Karnataka then. And uh, I think uh, that is where I worked with many mature people. I was a beginner. I was in college. I was a teenage. Life was all about fun for me then. But within a disciplined body, which was already set in and disciplined thoughts that my guru had set in me, which I was not still aware, this theater was a very creative zone. In dance, it was all about do this, do this, don't do this. But in theater, it was all freedom. <laughs> there was no guru. There were only friends. Though he was very elderly, there was not saying, oh, you have to do this. All of them were working. They would come back after work, 7 o'clock to 9 p.m. None of them were paid. It was all because of their passion and their... See, we didn't have any other distraction those days. It was dance, music, theater. So all of them, I would just enjoy the way people got involved. People were so disciplined without a guru, without being told. And uh, that was a totally different thing where people, in a dancer, there was already, I think, that plastic, mm, mm, all these things, which you don't come out with your real self, you know. Half the time, namaskaram. All. It was, I felt that I don't know, I don't need such boundaries. It's all about expressing through your heart. And theater gave me that medium. So I had worked in theater and had become very popular quite very fast, doing many lead roles, like I was Ophelia in Hamlet. And in a social play, I was doing a role, a very uh, revolutionary role in Sandarbha, a political satire. I was doing Gangi. So I, I did a social play. I did... Uh, a thematic, uh, a Pauranic play where I was doing Chitraleka, Yayati, Sangya Balya, many things which gave me a different dimension. And I was in college in the best phase where I could grasp, you know, many things. So there was no games then, it was theater. Okay? So this phase made me very, um, oh, there's so much to learn. There was so much to express. And, you know, what I learned from theater, Kasa Togundra Samadu. You know, they would take um, make out of very cheap material, beautiful sets. And uh, so it was a very different phase for me. And the directors that I worked under, like Nagesh, R. Nagesh is one of the top directors in, in Bangalore theatre, in Karnataka's theatre, CGK, Nagabarna. And also this, there was this attractive fighter feature being associated with Vijay Kashi, who was also in the film then. And... Uh, we got married very young. I was 23. That was the right age then. And he was into films. You know, after I married him, and by then there was another phase in theater, people started going to move into TVs. 
So theater activity became less and we all got dispersed. So I was left alone. And that is when Vijay Kashi told me that, why don't you do something what you like? The only other thing that I knew was dance. And as destiny could have it, C.R. Acharya Lu was in Bangalore to do a workshop. And uh, the minute I heard that he's doing a workshop where one could drop pictures with rhythmic footwork, I said, wow, I can't draw properly in my hands. Now with my footwork, let me try because I love challenges. So, and when I went and he met me and he learned about my background, the family background of my grandfather. And probably when he saw me, he must have thought I'll be one of his good disciples who could who take further his dance. He called me my dancing daughter. And uh, here was a friendly guru. Ramana was very strict. And this man, oh, my dancing daughter, no, it was a very different thing. And I probably I was missing a guru too. And I started learning. And he initiated me to do my Ranga Pravesham in Kuchipudi. Those were my beginning days in Kuchipudi. I hadn't heard of Kuchipudi till then. But later, uh, I discovered that these typical items where we draw our uh, pictures and all that came from the Alaya Sampradaya, temple dances. Uh, later, the government of India sent me on a scholarship to learn under Vedanta Prahlade Sharma. But the luckiest part that has been in my life is my gurus. Because imagine people have, have no approach or access to them. And I've been fortunate that they come and stay with me. That was after my marriage, of course, that they came and stayed with me to teach me. And living with a guru in the guru's house is a different thing. But having the guru in your house, uh, though it was for, you know, in a year, maybe they came 15 days. But I would long to see them. I would long to see them. And it, if I didn't see them till, you know, after two months, I would go into a kind of depression, I, which now we realize is a depression. Then we didn't know of words called depression, tension, all these we didn't know. Okay, we knew he felt bad and I wanted to see him. So uh, this was my introduction to Kuchipudi and ever since destiny has pulled me to Kuchipudi because I met gurus after gurus who wanted me to learn from them. Uh, I, I purely think this was destiny and I again want to say this because my grandfather was an Andhra Kala Sarvabhauma. He got that highest award from Andhra, though he was from Karnataka. And the people were, high, were very were great fans of my grandfather. And probably that's why they also thought, you know, see, in olden days, the gurus used to see the palm of a dance of any person. Even the film directors, they would see the palm to see if you have that rekha, the astrology that is she having that kala rekha? Is she going to, is my knowledge going to help her? My time invested going to, there are many people who learn and don't continue. What's the point? So probably the very fact that I came from an artistic family, they trusted that I would pursue it. And also because my husband was an actor, that he would let me, he himself being an artist will probably let me. There are many reasons probably I think that uh, made me get those gurus and go so 
ahead in dance, not only in learning, in pursuing it as well. Many people learn, they can't pursue it. But I began learning after my marriage. Until today, there's no looking back and there won't be. <laughs> I took it up also because uh, the theater which I had uh, done, I saw a lot of theatrical elements in Kuchipudi compared to Bharatnatyam. Again, it was a very creative space, Kuchipudi. Though I didn't know the language, though I'm not from the native land, uh, the dialogues and the theatrical element which I had already done in college made me like it. And also because they were not, I was bored of seeing so many people doing the same items in Bharatnatyam and the same thing being repeated. Kuchipudi's items, I'll tell you, the repertoire that Kuchipudi deals with, right from letter writing to dreaming, to philosophy, to everything, you name it. It's so close to life. And uh, it's not only about gods. It's also about, they, you know, many uh, like rebelling against untouchability. You name it and there is something. So I think the kind of items, the stories being told, this fascinated me because in Bharatnatyam, I never thought of Urvashi. I never th heard of Ambe. And um, also my theater background did help me to take such topics. Uh, I felt that it was more, it suited me more. It suited my mentality more. And there's a lot of difference. There's a lot of difference between uh, Kuchipudi and Bharatnatyam. But now people are so fascinated that in Mohiniyatam, they take Satyabhama. In, Kuch, in Bharatnatyam, there's so many people who are doing thematic produ produ productions now, which is not the case then. So there's a lot of give and take these days. That's why I jumped into Kuchpuri and I love Kuchpuri. Talking about your gurus, whenever you speak of your gurus, be it Guru Ramana or Guru Siya Racharya or Guru uh, Kuroda Narasimha Rao, Sri Vedantam Prahlada Sharma, we see the devotion and respect you have for them. And your website also has a dedicated page sharing some of the beautiful moments captured with your gurus. Can you tell us something about them, their teaching methods and days of your Guru Kuravasa and the bond that you shared with them as a student? See, as every individual is different, each guru was different. And I think that was the best part. Like Guru Ramana, he instilled in me that discipline and perfection. He was very systematic. And those days, one margam is, I know you're a Bharatnatyam dancer, I'm sure you know what a margam is. The aduos had to be practiced, the systematic repertoire of alaripu, then jatiswaram, then shabdam, varnam, okay, devarama, whatever. So keep on repeating this, repeat, repeat, repeat. At the most, the creative thing I learned from him was Krishna Radha. I used to do Krishna. And that too, this was for annual day. So in him, my Angashuddha, the lines of the body, the geometry, perfection is what I learned from him. He would never compromise. When it came to Acharya, probably because I was so well-trained, the Tala was in my body, the discipline and the Aduvus, the Angas, Angashuddha, everything was set. I was already molded very well. He didn't go into making me do the Aduvus. Directly, he went into items. 
and just imagine very into i think very soon i was doing a ranga pravesham even before knowing kuchpudi adus and what i learned from him was how creative he was what he would do in every aspect he was a researcher in his items there were a lot of poses because he was very good in karnas which in in bharatnatyam i had not learned and as i told you rare talas mallika mod simhanandini had not even heard of these things and imagine drawing on the the picture and uh, the tarangam having a pot balancing with the deepas in my hand so oh there's so much creativity there's so many it was a total different thing and his training direct into items and uh, very very new things but i he didn't insist on perfection probably because i was already i still this remains a mystery in my head why didn't he insist why i when i sometimes look back i think because he would stay for a very short while and maybe he thought that i would work on my body see he was restricted from teaching others because he was with a, a big institute darpana institute and the condition was he should not teach others so in that short time he wanted to give more so probably what i learned from is if somebody is capable give give it to them don't hold back so if they as i said each student each teacher is different so if i find somebody capable i want to teach them more so that's one thing it vedantam prahlad sharma he was a guru who i feel a guru should be like that he was a combination of all so he was strict at the same time he was he was an example like he would get up at 4 o'clock he would meditate he would exercise you know uh, like what we read about a guru the impression that you get from the vedas and all he would first you know have that oil massage exercise then do worship meditate and he would be there sharp before us at 6 so when you see such a disciplined guru obviously you began you are in awe of them and you want to be like that so a guru i would say should be spiritual should be very focused understand the student and you know at the same time he insisted on adavos on jatis on theory so he was a gurukula I, that is what i feel and no compromise his he would not scold but his look would say it all and i believe that a guru should make the shishya feel bhakti this is what i saw in him bhakti it, it by watching him i got that bhakti with corridor sir he was my friend philosopher and guide i had the freedom to you know by also it depends what age the student is it's very important when i could not take that liberty with ramana because i was just i started at 6 with him so obviously he kept his distance <laughs> otherwise i would be very naughty with cr achary you know i was already married but the age difference was a lot achary you know was already uh, 65 probably i was 
so uh, he was more like my father figure and uh, bhakti came by just watching prahlad sharma i couldn't take liberties but with with guru korada he was a, a performer so he knew he had taught dancers like yamini krishnamurthy indrani rahman he had worked with them so he had a vision of how to to make me a presenter what are the themes he understood my capacities he understood the background i came from and i had the liberty to share everything with him if i had family problems discuss with him if I, my mood was not okay and he would uh, i had the liberty to fight with him as well in the sense uh, i would sometimes correct him and he loved it you see i think this bond will be there only when the student is mature and when you all you think that your guru is yours see imagine me saying no you shouldn't do this and he didn't mind it it's a give and take relation so this maturity of a student is what i look for and all of them have played very prominent roles in my life as a dancer and he taught me creativity presentation how to think of creative ideas and how to win an audience is what i learned from korada because he was a performer all the other gurus were just teachers you know they just taught and it's very important to have a performer guru as a performer if you want to excel as a performer so each one's training methodology was different korada knew that i was already ready so he would create new themes for me what would suit me he taught me kunti he taught me satyabhama he taught many things which would suit my personality uluchi and every time he would say i'm going to bring this theme for you so it was a very different relation and uh, i feel i have none of them today i feel an orphan i don't have my parents as well and this is something i truly miss do you know there in your spirit of course but i i love being a student and i think everybody as you know they you need time and again inspiration you need some guidance however senior you are you, you seek that guidance and i love that how was your experience visiting kuchipudi the birthplace of the dance form that you adore so much oh i was in love with it you know when you love something when you go there even if it's very simple it becomes a palace <laughs> so it is what is in your mind that makes you create images out of it it was a tiny village just two hotels terrible <laughs> food was bad no cleanliness i didn't know the language but the minute i put my feet on that land i felt i belonged to it and what amazed me was every house had something yes it is my imagination also because i loved it plus it was true that they were so simple but their knowledge was wow i felt so small in front of them and i wanted to learn it i was like a sponge wanting to grasp everything that was a very beautiful age as well 
and the temple there, Balatripura Sundari Temple. And I lived in, I, I was put up, whenever I went there, I stayed in Padmabhushan Vempati Chenna Satyam's house. Imagine. <laughs> Even staying in that house, walking in that street, and they would tell me, this is that guru's house. This is this guru's house. Every house, this guru's house, that guru's house. And the whole village to me seems, wow. <laughs> but at the same time, it's very nice that you're a visitor. Because, you know, I don't know, because of many things, one would not like if I went to another's house. There was possessiveness. And uh, finally, I felt that some beautiful things is good when you have little of it. You know, familiarity breeds content. Uh, I, I felt that, that uh, it's nice that I'm an outsider. I keep my respect. I visit it. I have that much thing. Because I don't blame them. Insecurities. No, they're such scholars, but hardly people go there. They don't have students. And people who learn, like us, outsiders, also because most of them don't know English. Today, everybody needs to know that presentation skills, the diplomacy, all this. Uh, sometimes they begin to feel that we come learn there for a shorter while and become more famous than them. And, you know, there's this little layer which they dislike about. So I don't blame them at all. Probably even if I was in their place, would have felt the same. But uh, for me, what I look as a plus point is, because I'm an outsider, there's always this awareness in me that I don't know as much as them. And that makes me learn a lot. That makes me a student. And as long as it is, you're a student, you're learning. But sometimes when you're from the land, you take too many things for granted. I know it all. It's my family. So... This is what I like the best about that Kuchpuri village, that it's, it inspires me still to keep learning and learning that one day I'll think, yes, I know something. You're also trained in Chitranatyam, which is a form of dance where the dancer uses her rhythmic footwork to paint the pictures of animal figures on the floor, which is sprinkled with color. Now, this is an ancient temple tradition from Andhra Pradesh that is almost extinct now. And as you mentioned, your Kuchipudi guru, late Sri C.R. Acharya, had been a pioneer in conducting research to bring back this dance, dance form into limelight. Can you shed some light on this dance form and your experience learning it from the pioneer himself? This Chitranate is mentioned even in Natya Shastra. So it does belong to our tradition. And if you can recollect, Ragini Padmini have danced this as a part of the Bharatnatyam repertoire in the movies. With, uh, because, see, it came from an Alaya tradition. And where does Bharatnatyam come from? It comes from the Sadir Alaya. All our solo forms, even in Andhra, we have temples and wherever, if you know Srikakulam, it hosted uh, 300 Devadasis. So in Andhra also, they were Devadasis, but they were called Kalavantalus, different names. In Orissa, they called Maharis. So like this, I believe that wherever, wherever there were temples, beautiful temples, the Devadasis existed. And we don't call them animals. We call them Vahana of the God. 
they danced only the vahana of the gods and uh, what my guru what asiyar acharyalu told me was in the temples of nuzbid where he was a purohit they were uh, these uh, people who come and clean the temples who are not let inside the temples they would come and make the rangoli patterns because they were not allowed inside they would out of ecstasy do things and uh, the chariot before the chariot moved on specific occasions like on subramanya uh, uh, day of a festival jayanti or whatever the vahana the peacock would be drawn outside and that uh, pallaki would come and it would have placed on the vahana as though the peacock the god is being going on the vahana and uh, the procession would go on so on seeing he was amazed by these dancers who were doing it whether they were devadasi dancers even in devadasi they were greats you see so if they had to dance this they I, i this is my assumption if they had to dance this they must have learned the art form because you use different padabedas variations of feet and the talas that was also used was very different and the mudras and everything i guess they were dancers but not allowed inside the temples so he was fascinated by this and he started researching and he said why not bring it to stage and he you know then found the system where on stage you sprinkle powder and a frame is lifted so that otherwise you have to ask the audience to come up on stage so that's a very cumbersome process even now it is a cumbersome process and now the stages don't allow you so we have found new methodologies to do this item so um, he introduced uh, rangoli powder and see there also he thought since it comes to temple rangoli powder itself is very auspicious that's why it's used in the temples the rice powder and beautiful colors and um, so he brought it on stage the vahanas like devi we stood or simha and lotus for lakshmi udbhavam and he also got people to present it on stage with his technology what he introduced to get a special frame done the cotton the cloth kind of cloth being used the kind of moisturizer that it must have so uh, it was learning this was a task because the entire house would get colored you practice every day obviously because you don't see and do it you're you're doing other things and you're just your feet is dancing so it needed a lot of practice and um, god after all that effort you take i realized one thing see it needs half an hour to prepare before the performance half an hour to clean and the item is 10 minutes so uh, it is it's not very easy to present it and probably that's why it's not very popular mm. though it's rare many girls want to learn it because it's rare but after learning you hardly present it because the stage itself doesn't many stages especially abroad if you come they don't permit and how will we keep the audience occupied when we're preparing it it's good for a demonstration i feel Having been trained in the Guru Shishya Parampara, can you tell us its significance? I think uh, 
all a classical art forms is is meant to be a guru shishya parampara because yes today the need of the day is doctorate phd's ma's otherwise you are not given a job but how many of these phd's have become excellent performers it's a performing art and if you see all the legends of india so far have learned under the guru shishya parampara it's not under mastering or getting a degree or phd these become good scholars and they become very good in academics and we need such people too but if you're aiming for performance then i think nothing like guru shishya parampara because see in a it's my opinion that in an institution you have a set syllabus you have a set time but under the first thing which differentiates it is there is no set time in a guru parampara it's ever 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 learning and then here as i said a guru truly has to understand the shishya's psychology her background of her lifestyle her moods and so does a shishya have to and at least when she gets matured when she is young she blindly follows him so only when you develop this faith and love can good teaching happen teaching is just not physical teaching happens in the spiritual way especially our dance forms teaching happens at you know there many times i used to go all the way even with cr acharyalu he used to come home and he used to not teach me anything he would not be in a mood sometimes he used to teach me more than i can take now this is where one has to have the maturity to balance it it's a creative art i must also understand that the guru has to he is not convinced or he is not he is not feeling very nice that he is giving me the best if i have that faith i'll miss a class so what if the set syllabus is set and i'm just doing a xerox work yes i'm going to teach this and go but that is not what makes you an expert that's not what makes you a, a a different person with excellence so faith love respect are the three pillars on which guru shishya parampara grows and this is a must for these arts because you are dancing something which has been taught to, which has been practiced for centuries ago if you don't have faith in those subjects if you don't have faith in the one who's teaching you how will you ever learn in sometimes several years of learning you it takes not to xerox your guru but to understand the philosophy of your guru the procedure how does he handle watching his lifestyle how does he tackle the subject how does he face challenges of life how does he balance life because no artist life is secure in india the emotional challenges financial challenges environmental challenges opportunity challenges but still when you watch your guru so grounded passionate having so much focus that's such a learning and and um i think to to become an excellent dancer a guru 
and consistency of learning is, is a must. Today, we are compelled to do a lot of online teaching. And in some cases, the student would not even have an opportunity to meet and interact with the teacher in person. Would online teaching eventually affect the Guru Shishya Parampara of learning arts? Um, I don't think so. In the sense, this is um, people who have tasted learning under a guru will definitely want to, you know, get back to a guru. They miss. See, it's an emo emotional bond, as I told you. But it's a good uh, uh, for people. Like you see, even a guru, I've taught hundred or thousands. How many of them really take my philosophy and become dancers? Maybe five, maybe six, maximum 10. So I believe that even in online learning, now I'm looking at you. You can feel me. If I'm true, you can definitely feel me. If that shishya, there is a bond, and if she's earnest to, she has the hunger to learn that art form, and she believes that she is the right person. Like when I saw Prahlada Sharma, I knew this is my guru. If you have that, you definitely will go all, travel miles together. So in the time being, you learn online and whenever you get the right opportunity, you'll seek that opportunity to meet the guru and make yourself more perfect. I would give you an example. I had a student from Israel. She came just to take a tour of India. And in her, as, as most of the foreigners do, they want to learn art form. She had learned ballet and she was very passionate of dance. And she had read so much about Indian dancing. She just came to learn it for one week. And she was a degree, she had a degree uh, in notation from a very recognized university. And after seeing her, I just told her, your degree is a waste. You have to learn so much more. I had the courage to tell her this because I did feel so, not to hurt her. And she was, she burst into tears. And she, at the same time, that one week she had realized that she didn't know so much about her own body. She came back the next year. Like this, she took an ICCR scholarship. She came and learned for me for three years. And today she teaches Kuchpuri in Israel. Just a trip for one week for a passionate dancer. If, you're, if you really want to do it, I believe that the cosmic will show you the path and will put you to through the right person as well. And I believe that happened to me too. I didn't know the name of Kuchpudi and I landed with so many gurus. So if you have that, earn, that desire, if you're really true to what you want, you will be guided. This is what I truly believe. So if online learning, if the student is passionate and she says, my God, I want to learn this one, maybe next year she'll come and that bond will develop and these bridge the distance and the time. She can't come and learn always. Like I didn't have my gurus all, always, but I kept that connect. I kept that whenever possible, I made it. And it took me a little longer time, but I made it. So I think in the present situation, it is definitely a good alternative rather than not doing anything and use this as a medium 
to find out, do you belong to this art form? And you'll get the answer. Be it through art or otherwise, you believe that it's important to tell stories as good stories have the capacity to reform a person. Taking a look at the titles of your productions, I noticed that you have presented several women-centric themes such as Women of India, The Ultimate Creation, Madhavi, The Unheard Heroine, Bhumi Sita, The Eternal Mother, Sadhvi, Tale of the Hidden Powers of Women, and so on. And you chose to tell their stories. What's the reason or thought behind this? For me, stories has a great impact. And in India, especially, if you see the epics like Ramayana and Mahabharata were always told to children from a tender age because of the beautiful messages, Niti Marga, we call it, it, it forms your personality. And stories are a fun way of learning things. The oral tradition is very powerful. It has been the earliest form system of learning, be it music, dance, theater. And stories, I think, I've also read, there was a king who was once deceived by his wife, queen. So what he decided that every night he would remarry and he would, the next morning he would behead her. So uh, several days it continued like this. And then once he, the one that that particular person whom he married, she told him a story in the night. And she left it at a point that the king didn't want to kill her because he was so interested in the story that he wanted to hear it next day. So several days she continued this story and she was alive. And by the end of the story, the king was transformed. The impact of the story is such, I think that was Arabian Nights, so I've forgotten what. So if it transformed a king who had so much experience in life, so I believe stories have a great impact. And being a Kuchipudi dancer, that's what is being told all the way through. But I chose stories which were not told in Kuchipudi because, as I said, basically I come from theater and very creative and I want to give people something that they have not heard about. And also I wanted to myself learn through these characters. So all the characters that I did, beat Ambe, what a powerful woman. She comes back as Shikhandi. So uh, I take it as what will I learn through this character, Bhumi and Sita. Wherever, whether your mother is there physically or absent, she always protects you. So the two beautiful relations of life, which is universal, I think everyone can understand it whether they know the language or not. Right? And Kunti, she's the epic mother. So all these characters, when I did Sharmishte, Urvashi, Chitrangada, uh, I did recently, I did Mandodari. Being a, a Surakanya, she rose to become a Pativrata, among the five Pativratas. What a, what a message. 
that you it's not necess, it's not necessary that you have to be born in some artistic house to be an artist or it's not necessary that you must be you know given everything to rise above i i see these characters as very strong personalities which can add so much to my life and urvashi just one minute of concentration she loses in sing pururava and she is cursed to come down on earth and whatever she spread dance on earth but how much concentration one must have as a dancer so i thought that every time i dance only if i have the impact on my own self can i keep that impact on viewers and these were all very rare subjects kanyakumari it's the most visited place she's she is not married but people flock to her to get married so i love these and i took it up rudrama at a young age she was such a you know queen of her. she managed to be the best queen at the age of 14 so these have inspired me and i think it should whenever i do something i should inspire people that's what is the purpose of art as well interesting yes. owing to its popularity the most common and prominent classical dance form that's practiced in karnataka is bharatanatyam as a kuchipudi dancer did you find it challenging to find opportunities in karnataka my god <laughs> it was <laughs> it was really challenging in many ways first of all i didn't have my gurus with me permanently as i told you they would come maybe one 10 days i would go there 10 days when you are with your guru nobody criticizes you because they don't have the courage when you are doing something on your own even if it is right because of your age you are criticized one thing i was criticized and that made me a good dancer i'm happy today but then way back then as a as a person young person i couldn't handle it i couldn't i didn't know the language i didn't have books in english all telugu books to find somebody to translate read it out my gurus used to write to me in telugu the letters that time there were no emails and so i had to take this letter run to somebody and ask them to read the letter so right from making my connect with the gurus was a challenge and in karnataka i would not find singers every time i couldn't get them from andhra because of financial restraints not only financial i would they themselves are busy there to teach them and you insist on something then you are called being rude if you don't insist you are not doing the parampara right to strike this right balance in the young age everything was a challenge but luckily because of my background because of my challenging and strong will because of my theater experience i managed it all <laughs> i managed it and i had good contacts you know uh, also i was bold because of my theater and people knew me as an actress people knew me as dr gubbi virana's uh, granddaughter people knew me as a smart one people knew me as a talented girl so though they did condemn me or try to pull my legs i made it because finally it is your talent which speaks 
you can't use influence to remain in the field for long. Maybe you can use it once or twice, but if you don't have the stuff, you don't come up. And if you have the stuff, you're always criticized because people don't like smart people. This is the universal law that I have realized. And I think that is very good because only then do you challenge and you want to come up even better. Every time you're criticized, you think that when I'm so sincere, come on, let me identify myself. So getting right from getting scripts done, getting opportunities was difficult, but this difficulty made me so strong and so uh, learn, read, try to learn more, try to revisit myself again and again, update myself that, you know, uh, people could not let me, uh, neglect me either. So though they didn't like it, they had to see the art in me. So I think that became my strong point. And thanks to my government, I've been lucky because uh, whatever the awards, the opportunities, because of probably my theater, my, my background, I, was, I could make it and uh, destiny, nothing without God's grace. You also have adapted compositions in Kannada into Kuchipudi dance form without compromising on the grammar techniques and the tradition of the dance form. Was this an effort to take the art form closer to the Karnataka audience? Yes, certainly. Uh, also, that's one reason. And I thought most of the programs I was performing was in Karnataka. And the government was doing so much. And many a times audience came and told me, if this was the same lyrics were in Kannada, we could have understood and enjoyed it better. And uh, also sometimes it was so cumbersome to get, you know, the Telugu scripts. Uh, coming from the theater background and my thinking, I was always a revolutionary, you know. People would give me straight scripts, okay? Like uh, there were no twists in the scripts. A small example, just jumping into the fire or tearing, like when I did Ambe, she's in between two main characters, Salva and Bhishma. I used a curtain, a painted curtain, with Bhishma's face one side and Salva's face on. I rip it open, okay? To say these people destroyed my life. And I needed a song to give that power, right? So Telugu people, they give it straight. You know, they don't want to get into this rebellious. But when I asked Sashi Marulaya, a Kannada writer, he wrote such a fantastic script. For a dancer, the script becomes a power. And I said, wow, even for me, Telugu, I can't enjoy it as much as my mother tongue. It's my mother tongue. And every word resonates with me, right? So when I did many productions in Kannada, like I did Gandhari in Kannada, when I heard the songs, automatically emotions flowed more easily and I became the character more easily than in Telugu because sometimes the thought would go, oh, what is this? I hope I'm doing it right. So uh, 
one way was to do justice to my land which recognized me so much one is to also introduce something why not we are dancing telugu we are dancing tamil we are dancing marathi why don't we dance to our own mother tongue and enrich in it and by the end of it i my students are going to be kannada students they need to understand it as well so i thought of many things and i think i did the right thing uh, when we go to andhra people don't accept it they say oh kannada and kuchpudi telugu then i remind them that you are dancing dasas carnatic music you also do gajavadana so when you accept that why don't you accept this because i follow the grammar of yakshagana so try to balance that way in the year 1993 you established the shambhavi school of dance in bangalore what was your vision behind it and what's your approach to teaching when i i, I didn't want to start a school honestly because i felt i was too young but it was thanks to cr acharyalu who said no it's high time you must start i'm going to be the visiting professor and he insisted that i start and i just started <laughs> i never knew whether i'm i always thought i'm not you know i i, I myself have to learn so much will i be able to teach but then when i started without my knowledge i realized i was a replica of my gurus especially ramana i insisted on perfection i was a tough master and as days went a years rolled by i realized i myself didn't like being him being so strict so and understanding the students approach their smartness their attitude i started relearning myself redoing myself because i said this is not how i should be as a teacher so every time with every batch i've seen i've grown to be a better teacher and a teacher being less attached because you see then was an emotional bond today you cannot be bonded with your students because you're going to hurt yourself i love them as long as with me see at one point there was a point when i lost my first batch of students i didn't want to teach i wanted to stop teaching because i had given them my best age my best time my best emotions and they were not matured enough so obviously life takes you to work marriage boyfriend and without even mentioning they run away they're not matured i don't blame them but you the one who's going through it hurts you a lot and i i reached a phase when i said i don't want to teach and i thank one parent of mine who a student's parent came and told me you're like a banyan tree you should never stop you should give and i started thinking yes it's me because i was so attached didn't i do this to my guru when he i also stopped dancing and went to theater i stopped bharatanatyam went to kuchipudi so it's good that i teach with love affection and give my best but not get attached because life has everybody doesn't become a performer everybody doesn't follow your path but give the best when you teach so it took me a long time to do this 
and change my methodology compared to my gurus. Because here, today is a day when people can learn very fast because they have so much access to other things we didn't have. And because of the exposure, because of learning the books, the TV, the uh, Google, they grasp things much faster. Then why do I have to go back to that age-old principle, learn 10 years? If you're smart and if you can learn fast, let me give you fast. And in my time, there was not multi in the sense of learn theory, like uh, you today you have to be your own manager, you have to make your own posters, you have to you learn how to document. So I teach my students everything. I teach them folk to I teach them little contemporary moments. And I tell them you take what you want. And uh, I make them, uh, you know, announce I try to make them all-rounders so that, you know, uh, they find if they're good in research, I, I, I try to guide them towards that direction. If they're good in Natwangam, because I, I also tell them very frankly that everybody cannot end up becoming performers. So I don't like to waste their time, nor mine, or my emotions. We often see students discontinuing to learn arts either due to challenges in balancing arts with academics or other personal reasons. But art, like a magnet, eventually pulls them back. And we see many such students who desire to pick up from where they left off and continue to learn the art form at a later phase of their life. However, sometimes there's a bit of self-doubt and hesitation that stops them from going for it. What's your advice to people in that phase? Is it possible to resume learning arts after a break? Well, you must be lucky to come back. I was one of the lucky ones. It's not going to be easy. I think the best, my advice is, the best learning phase is from six to college, before you get to college. Because College, your biological needs, your mentality, your attitude, your friends, everything changes you and distracts you. That's a phase of life which everybody goes through. And to stay focused at that age, you're rebelling. So many things happen. All of us went through it and the future generation too will go through it. Probably not at college, but they'll start at seventh standard itself. They're faster. So... If you learn, have a great foundation, it is easier to come back if you decide to come back. But if you don't have a good foundation, you can never make a comeback because your responsibilities in life increases. You want, you have to work because in no part of the world, I think classical arts is a revenue good, you know, financially you won't be benefited. But maybe if you're supported, like I did banking and dancing, to some extent, to some years, if you do this and you continue to survive in the field, later you can balance it. For people abroad, especially in USA, teaching is the most beneficial thing. But still I hear them saying they have 200, 300 students, but still they, they keep telling me that because my husband is supporting me. So I truly don't understand this. So I believe that this balance of work and dancing is good. Then like me, I thought, I'm not a full-time dancer, so I have to give it quality time. 
and i was very sure what i how i practiced how i used my time so if you have a good foundation and if your desire is strong and you're ready to take up challenges and work very hard you can make a comeback but at the same time your responsibility you get married you become a mother your physical energies also are deteriorating so if you set you know if you really make they had two to three students who even at 15 knew they wanted to be dancers and they're doing very well for themselves i think that's the best decision if you want to come back discontinue to come back you can but you have to work double for it so make the most at this phase and keep it as a, at least as a hobby and once you know your life is little settled like your college during your college time it's good to keep it at least as a hobby then once you have a job you're you're matured enough to balance learn how to balance these things if you want to be a performer uh if that age is gone today people want glamour people want you know however deep you are the way our audience are different today there were there were days when people thought experience was the best when during my times young dancers never got an opportunity only people who were aged 40 would get people would tell me you're too young to go on stage but today if you're 40 or your career is almost ended because of the kind of audience what your audience wants so decide if you decide then there are many things it's not going to be easy it's a challenging thing but it's a very fulfilling thing it's a very fulfilling thing uh, of course even i would how i saw it i'll tell you to get a job one has to study for almost 50, 20 years and then you get job then you go hike 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 okay here also 20 years dedicated to dance you can be at least a good teacher and teaching gives you good revenue to sustain your life so what you give so you get so even in dance you the best years you devote to many other things and come back to dance at a later phase you're going to get that much after years of sadhana when an artist decides to perform what according to you is the most important duty of an artist on the stage sadhana sadhana and to think that uh, every time you perform you think you're going on stage for the first time because when you go on when you're going at the first time you're so scared don't get so used to it oh this is yet another performance that you must have that respect that fear that wow that thrill and you must practice that well to make you enjoy it and forget everything else see if you have that if you haven't practiced well there is a fear even if you have practiced well there is a fear of the audience and there is a fear of you know what if this goes wrong what if that goes wrong but if everything goes wrong as well but if you have practiced you are involved in the character or whatever you are doing and you bring it out that impact you create see as a performer if the mic goes off audience definitely know 
the mic had to go off now but if you are capable and you still continue to do it my god what an artist we never felt that so it's sadhana is one thing that i think whatever however uh, experienced however popular you are you should feel that like she a dancer for her arangetram she works the most so i think every every performance you must think is an arangetram and do it <laughs> not in terms of expenses <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the concerns of today actually <laughs> <laughs> with the changing times where art teachers are forced to reinvent teaching methods to teach the current generation and the audiences are leaning towards fusion and contemporary genres is it also necess- necessary to bring modifications in presenting our classical art forms in order to reach uh, today's audience yes uh, without audience i feel there's no art but it's a give and take definitely it's your duty to take the audience educate them to such a level that you leave in them a sense of aesthetics that they you know you give them that quality that they think wow is this dance see there are many people who have just heard about it but they don't know what true art is now mediocre performers if if an audience sees a mediocre performance what would they think ayo dance is boring in this point i'll remember spikmake spikmake used to present the best quality dancers musicians in schools right when the children are young because they believe what you see as a child remains with you so that's how i think that er in the olden days only a guru would give the certificate that you are right capable to go on stage and no compromise because the guru was careful that his name the, the, not only his oh bharatnatyam that parampara oh that people would come so he ensured that the dancer kept that reputation of the dance form so audience were dragged by just listening reading about it and would come here again this is where a dancer has to be so professional that somebody is coming for the first time they have heard about it. it's your duty to keep that audience to make him a regular audience by giving that professional quality if as it is for every classical art form as the shastras say there are seven limbs and your audience have to be scholars you have to have to be musicians all these even the shastras tell us right so which means that a classical dance to be appreciated needs a classical audience i would call it the number is going to be less but looking at the changes now today a varnam used to be for 3 hours before for me to th- i'm going to stick to my tradition my guru told me that i'm going to and dance 3 hours who will have the time today so compromise in that quality which part of the varnam or which repetition will i take off which is the most important essence of the varnam instead of doing four charanas maybe i'll select two charanas 
still keep the tradition and give the best understanding the challenges of the audience as well and you see our audience today are exposed to so much of colors aesthetics perfection if you see our old books there was not perfection in terms of geometrical lines but there was the days were more for bhava it was an intimate audience so they didn't want nataraja pose like this even if she did this probably audience was so educated there and they didn't have other entertainment they loved it but today you have so many sitting at home you change so many channels so how strong a performer must i be understand the aesthetics my costume should be beautiful they can't be too jazzy no especially now when i go abroad a good synopsis a good high quality recording the way i explain to them the length of the item the theme that i select i think all this has to be taken into consideration and maybe i would say that often you know articles related to what classical dances having seminars and you know small snippets where people know about this art form and the miracles of this art form see audience play a very vital role if the audience are mediocre we are going to produce produce mediocre things you know how many people go for art movies only who sense have a sense of art so i think it's a very it's a responsible role that even an audience is doing if he wants his culture to think he must cultivate an interest in his children and he also balance out in you know seeing everything go oh, music concert maybe even a pop music be open to all forms of art and appreciate it in its true sense and that every parent should help the child to cultivate from a young age because all art forms are beautiful it's the presenter responsibility to do that and also when it's good i don't think any audience will say it was not good which uh, actually takes us to our my next question our dance treatises have given us verses explaining the characteristics to be possessed by the audience attending a concert is it applicable in today's context and if so what role do audience have in contributing to promoting classical arts as i i've answered this question i feel because classical dance needs classical audience okay i can't expect before at one point my dream was i must have why not for fashion show for pop music there's so many audience but when i <clears throat> read the shastras and i understood how many of them know about vedas how many of them know about puranas how many of them know about the thala system the music system obviously those who don't know when they come in they get bored so to expect every common man as your audience is definitely not the right thing but when there is a scholar or somebody who who is who wants to uh, who's an innocent one who hasn't seen dance who's a first time a visitor it's my responsibility to keep him as an audience so to develop an audience bank is one of the responsibility of an artist be him a dancer or a singer and that 
he can do by updating himself with his art updating him with self with a society and also trying to understand see every age has had its challenges for example the theater took over classical dance forms because people understood theater very well because of the dialogues and the simplicity of it that's why kuchpudi people adapted to theater they took sets as part of it they took vachika as part of it today tv is a challenge today if you see our reality shows some of the artists are so brilliant sometimes several years of practice that we have done we can't be as flexible as them so i as an artist must see wow in 5 minutes he's created this magic my god look at his flexibility look at his really they are amazing so how have i going to update my art probably by telling them a little background of what dances we can't do what they did because our costumes don't let us jump like that or see there's no floor in, in classical dance now when i took bhumi i used the floor this i took so, some aspects from contemporary arts and modified it because i knew my art form well i used something to broaden the scope of this so i think sometimes we have to keep updating ourselves and educate our audience as well and uh, see loka binna ruchihi each one has different tastes you can't please everybody there are many people who don't like ballet but i feel it's so beautiful so i think it's all all a part of the game give your attempt try but you headed as the chairperson of the sangeet natak academy karnataka i saw that you had done some interesting work like developing a functional website commissioning documentaries of senior dancers and so on could you share your experience as the youngest chairperson as i said it came to me as a surprise and i really thank uh, at one point i thank Uh, the government for this experience because it taught me one thing that a small it's it academy is we have about 20 members but to handle that 20 members of different tastes different experience levels itself is so challenging because there i realized politics is a part of art there's more politics in art than art in politics my god i was an i th- thought i i always thought that you know when people said art transcends age sex caste creed this is true but i realized what is said is never done because it's there you have to just be an administrator not an artist but i was trying to mix the road give the best you know bring aesthetics in every sense but there there are only rules in a government sector there are more rules than creativity and they want to give because it's the government include each and every person and there's lot of politics in oh, give your people first not grow national wise 
I was looking at a phase where I will take my people to the national level. Ideologies don't meet. So you begin to learn how the government functions and you begin to respect. Oh God, a small office has so much things. It's not easy to be a minister because you have to do justice to so many things within limited funds, a limited period. And again, your position, your given power, but not given power also. <laughs> okay. So it was a very difficult phase for me. But within that, like, see, when I went there, being a performer and having traveled the world, I knew the importance of website. To get the website done was such a challenge. They did not have good photos to put on the website. Such great artists like Srikantan, R.K. Srikantan. Name, Karnataka is very rich in artists, Gangubai Hangal. We didn't have beautiful pictures. And how to get good pictures, you have to get a good photographer. And his budgets are high. And to get that budget sanction from the government is a headache. So half the time, you are struggling between rules and excellence. And this thought came to me that, you know, see, we always have documentaries. When I saw Bala Saraswati's documentary, it was at the end of her life, where probably we didn't get the best of her. So I said, we should capture artists when they're in their best phase. God, there's a long procedure to get sanction of the person who quotes less. <laughs> and the one who quotes less is not going to be the best. Now you're fighting between best and the quote. So even if I get the dancer and I'm getting a very mediocre photographer or a camera, how will I going to capture? Because that's going to be a document for the future generation to come. And I don't want the future generation to think, this is so ordinary. Okay. See, uh, you have to capture her best mood, her best angle. So you're going to spend more time in shooting. So it was a real challenge. But I was always working with challenges. And when you work with challenges, and sometimes you have to be dom dominating, people don't like you. But, you know, I believe that when the purpose was good, I had to face all this. So... <clears throat> I, we decided that I also felt that, you know, we are always dancing to others, other music. Why don't we have our Jnana Peter Prashasti's music? Because um, we were always overloaded with same Krishna Radhe concept. The way the approach of these Jnana Peter's works were very revolutionary. So we got CDs taking the compositions of these things. So we did do a lot of good things in the given period, but it was not easy. It was not easy. And uh, it was a thankless job because I feel for an artist in her prime to you know lose three years of her performance. But it did te teach me a lot of administration where I had to give out on my performance. And you see, with the limited funds, you help only a few artists. You can't help the entire the artist community so fast 
that those who get an opportunity will just thank you that day those who didn't get an opportunity will curse you all through their life such positions which seem very attractive you're going to develop more enemies than friends you must be prepared for that but yet if you think that you're working for a bigger cause that should not matter you spoke about the challenges you faced in establishing yourself as a kuchipudi artist do we also have regional biases while making decisions for administrative positions certainly yes not only for administration positions for everything uh, a simple thing like um, see in karnataka sometimes luckily i am in karnataka we are open to all art forms we see it that's why we have so many people of uh, odisha come here and get popular more here they become popular here than in their own state we have so many tamilian like you know we have banumati whom we lost she is from tamil nadu but she got the greatest award shantala so karnataka i feel is an exception in welcoming art forms but if see i have got the central sangeet natak academy award which is the highest award even better than padma shri because it's given by a group of artists but andhra they never call karnataka dancers often this is very sad to notice we all today think oh unity in diversity many things remain in paper as i said we say tra- da- dance <clears throat> transcends gender sex age no it doesn't even transcend bo- boundaries let me tell you very honestly i was in fact uh, all of us know that kalakshetra is one of the organizations of the world and has made india proud and thanks to rukmini devi arunde for such a wonderful organization it is a national body and ever since its inception it has been headed by people from tamil nadu uh there was a paper advertisement for the post of a chair and um, in fact m- many of the dancers told me since you have already headed sangeet natak academy in karnataka why don't you apply for it and i was hesitant because i have to go to chennai and settle and that means it's a again family so uh, but i said okay let me try because let me test how good i am for my own sake let me test and there was a interview all the people in the interview who ha- who were part of the committee were very well established artists from different fields and um, i got through the interview and even before i could i started getting congratulation messages that you have been selected as the chairman of uh, kalakshetra foundation and people started inviting me as the guest and this was not i have not received an official letter believe me i was shocked and I, I, already i was thinking should i go should i not go i was discussing with my friends my family and as i got messages like this there was my god on facebook it was flooded that a kuchipudi dancer will be taking over a dancer from karnataka will be taking over and rubbish messages on facebook i was wondering what has kuchipudi to do with kalakshetra because i am not going there as a lecturer 
was a teacher. I'm going there as an administrator. And I have all the administrative abilities. Like I worked in a bank. I worked as a chairman of the Sangeet Nritya Academy. I've headed many committees. And I've passed the interview. It's not my influence. See, till then I was contemplating whether to go. But when I saw these messages, I haven't received a letter, official letter yet. But the Facebook is flooded and messages are passing on WhatsApp among the alumni's of Kalakshetra. How can they fix a dancer from Kuchpri dancer, that too from Karnataka? That's when it hit me that DIT being a national body and all the time being headed by Tamilians, uh, sorry, from anybody in Tamil Nadu. And why not? And what surprised me even more was all the alumni's had got together and they wrote to the government including the top dancers, Padma Bhushans, who have not to have a distinction between language or religion or anything, they have written to the government saying that we need a Bharatnatyam dancer. Can you believe this? And after an interview, why did they call for an interview in the first place? And it was more saddening for me. I felt very bad because... There's so many dancers from our land, our Karnataka, who should have felt proud that somebody for the first time is going to head a national body like that. None of them raised their voice. Except there were writers who wrote what has um, language or art form to do when an administrator has been right through the committee and selected. Why did the government have to do this? So it was then that I realized that we Karnataka people don't have that thing to fight. We welcome people. But whereas other states fight for their own form, though that is national body, that there's so much distinction between Tamil. Or, and I realized then that all these remain in words, that art can transcend caste, creed. Like I always say, you know, in Vedas, they say where women is respected, even gods are present. But if we see, many of the times, it doesn't happen. So some things are good when it's heard and quotes are beautiful to read. But practically, many things don't happen. And I wish that truly an artist must transcend these things because I'm very proud of Karnataka that we welcome so many people. And by this fair, even, you know, the grants that are being distributed to many other forms, like Karnataka is the only state which has exams in all, can you believe it, textbooks for Mridangam, for Tabla, for Kathak, for Odyssey. But where are the other states? Andhra, though I'm practicing for 30 years, Probably I've done four or five Andhra government shows, but I can name how many times our government has called them. And I'm very proud that we should set up an example of this. And I hope that this will inspire people in other states to, you know, make arts and work on the policy of unity in diversity. Everybody quotes Vasudaiva Kutumbakam, but very few follow it. Very few follow it. Beautiful to quote, but I truly feel that dancers should believe in what they do, what they say.
I learned that you celebrated your 60th birthday in a unique way by hosting the first online international Kuchipudi seminar, which went on for 18 days. Can you tell us the thought behind the conception of this idea? The initial planning was different. In fact, I wanted to have all my gurus or friends or musicians or anybody who had added to my journey, artistic journey, thank them, honor them. This was the initial plan. But the lockdown I had to change my ideas because my 60 years would not come again. <laughs> so, and the thing which I loved was Kuchipudi. I knew the challenges that I had faced as an outsider, as a dancer. No books to give me information. No gurus would easily give information, even today. <laughs> and to get them, even if I, in the past when I had organized seminars, I'll have it for two days. And with six speakers, probably have their talk for 30 minutes max. So I was thinking, how can I gift myself and the gift the Kuchpudi community with this gift? There are many dancers who just know items and not the history of Kuchpudi. And the gurus who are not in limelight, the performers who are not in limelight. I said, this should be the right time because <clears throat> when you involve so many families, you know, there are about 16 families of Kuchpudi who have contributed. Initially, there are 16 families like Joshila, Vempati, Vedantam, Mahakali, the surnames. So they were the authorities, traditional families who got Kuchpudi as a gift. <clears throat> now, as I told you in my past, one house I go, other person gets angry. This was my personal experience. Here, everybody was eager to give because art, when you're not have the opportunity to express yourself for long, there's that hunger in you to express, right? So audience had all the time, students had all the time, gurus had all the time, organizer had all the time. I invited all of them. We had about 40 gurus from all over the globe. Every day sharing, even PhD students didn't know many so much information of the art form of Kuchipur. So I said, one family like would think, they have told this, let me give what I know. So it was like, you know, each one getting inspired of giving their knowledge because each one didn't want to let themselves look. So this became a boon, not only for me, for the viewers. I got so, it, uh, many Kuchpudi people from Andhra, Kuchpudi students who have lived there, danced there, didn't know many things. Because you see, like my guru Ramana, many gurus didn't want them to go and see, watch others' performance or, you know, hear about it. So many people didn't know there were so many Yakshagana great gurus, Kalapams, and the past people, gurus who we didn't know about, the history of it, the evolution of it. Along with it, each one's style, we had also in, involved demonstrations as part of it. So they were seeing gurus for the first time perform, sing, what is Kuchpuri music. 
and from different generations, we also invited dancers who have lived in different parts of the world for more than three decades. So it was all age groups, experts, performers, scholars, musicians, and uh, traditional family people and non-traditional getting together. It was, uh, I think it was Mahabharata for Kuchipudi. It was, and you know, uh, I think that was Shobha Naidu whom we lost. Uh, her last performance, oh God, it, it, it created, and we lost three, four gurus after that in this Corona phase, whose documentation probably nobody has. And tomorrow, this could be a gift to the Kuchpuri community and to dancers as well. So I thought that was the best gift. It was, it was, it was God devised because as I told you, everybody accepted with my one call. And initially, they were supposed to speak for one hour, but most of the talks went on much longer. So it was a boon. And my 60 years was, I think, will ever be remembered. You also work as a dance therapist, significantly working with special needs children. And your therapeutic theater projects have won international acclaim. Can you tell us something about this project and how you've been using classical arts in healing. In Nati Shastra itself, he says, those who practice this, it gives them health, fame, peace of mind, and so many things. When you uh, see some of the shlokas, it quotes, which already says that dance is healing. No wonder it has been practiced for so many years. And every dancer would have realized in a very simple way, saying, when I dance, I feel, wow, I feel so. So, this itself, because I think uh, you're, when you, most of them go into depression because they don't communicate. And as we know, it exercises every part of your body, your psyche. And if you, if you see the Ashtaveda Avastas, this the psychological states of women, of the heroine, of every human. So all the characters that we do in dance, the music that is involved, the karanas which are equivalent to yoga, if you see it as a physical exercise, the songs, the vachika, that the words, the impact that they have on you. And uh, research has also shown that many eye movements, neck movements, help spondylitis. And I remember Guru Siyar Acharyalu used to always tell me the karnas, do these few karnas, do these asanas, because for women it helps. And he had also mentioned to me how it has, it helps uh, BP or it helps, you know, headaches. So I knew that I didn't go into detail then when Acharya ji told me, but later I started seeing how it helps me myself. And I started reading a little more and connecting it with yoga. I interacted with a few doctors doing yoga, homeopathy, naturopathy. And I, when I started doing yoga and connecting dance to it, I thought it was in yoga, you're doing it for yourself. In dance, you're creating this rasa. And rasa is a healing for the audience as well. And for the performer and the viewer. So... I was doing this and I worked maximum in UK and in UK and Germany because there they believe in therapy. Here in India, the minute you say therapy, people think it's like a taboo. Okay. 
So uh, I myself was astonished. Simple shlokas that say like, you know, Angikam Bhuvanam Yasya. Your body is the universe. Your body language. Vachikam Sarvavangmayam. Your voice can heal. An immediate interaction with somebody who's angry. If you're very smiling, say, please, I'm so sorry about it. That's a simple vachika as an artist, if you can use it. Aharya, in every day, your colors that you choose, the way you dress up, the way, even in dance, when you wear a sari and dance, the way you walk itself is different. The way you wear jeans and walk, the way your attitude changes, right? So Angika has so much. Finally, when you do all this, when I'm talking to you, if I don't put my heart, it's not going to matter. Nothing is going to matter, right? These four Chaturvidabhinayas is enough for you to begin dance as a therapy. So as you get involved with it, Yato Hastastato Drushtihi, what do yogis say? Live in the present. And what does the shloka say? Yato Hastastato Drushtihi. So if you keep analyzing, all our shastras are interconnected. The Shilpa Shastra, the Natya Shastra, the, the dance therapy, the Arogya Shastra, or uh, 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 the uh, Jyotisha Shastra, all these Shastras are interconnected and all put in couplets. Each one is connected. So I started getting interested in this aspect. And I was, uh, this experience of UK and the Germany I had. I was called by Karnataka Blind Association to create a project for them. Now, it was a challenge. They can't see how to make them dance. But they, are, they have other senses which work for them very well. So I started reading about them, visiting them, understanding them. And I designed a project called Unity is Bliss. So I mixed people who were dumb and deaf, along with blind people. So each one took support of theirs. And we did this production. And I realized, first thing again, where I said love, respect, faith, is what you need to give even them. When they have that, they work beyond their capacity. And, you know, uh, they trust you and they start using their other senses. So that was in a way, a satisfactory project for me. But I finally realized that to be a therapist, you have to dedicate your life. And my forte was performance and choreography. And at that point, I decided it won't be just as if uh, I just do it once in a way because they develop a bond with you. And if you leave them, it hurts them and breaks them. And I didn't want to do that. So I stopped going for ahead with that. And that was my last production. After that, uh, if somebody comes to me on individual um, thing and asks me, I help them, give them clues of how they can go ahead. But I haven't continued it further because it's a lifetime. It needs a lot of time. My final question, question to you, ma'am. What's your advice to students aspiring to take up art as a profession, be it as a teacher, or as a performer, what would be their responsibilities? I would just say very simple thing. 
be a performer, a student, an organizer, or whatever researcher. Just be the best. Be very professional. Professional, not in the profession. Many people think that I get money by you know. Professional in your approach, and be true to the statements that you make. Like you know, many people they're using words like exponent. Just ask yourself before using this. Am I really an exponent? What is wrong if you say I'm a disciple of dance? Even if you're thirty years a teacher, you're still a disciple of dance. So I think being true to oneself, being professional. You want to learn, learn professionally. You want to present. You want the best. Use the best quality of music because. Don't lose the limited audience that we have. If you're professional in everything, the way you speak, the way you learn, the way you present, the way you even uh, like the you should know your subject. Authenticity, in knowing your subject. You don't know. You don't know. Be true to yourself. I learned this from C R Acharya. Once I asked him about an item. He's such a big guru. I said, "Sir, I read about this item. Can you teach me this item?" Probably, he could have said, "Okay, I'll teach you another day or next year." Sorry, ma, I don't know it. You know, it needs a lot of courage. So, what you don't know, you don't know, and how much you know, be honest with it. I know two items, but the two items that I know, I know it really well. So, be true to yourself. And be professional. That's what I would say. Thank you, thank you so much, Vijayanti ji, for this beautiful and uh, insightful uh, interview. It's been an honor to have you on our uh, platform and <laughs> listen such uh, words of wisdom from you. Thank you so much for this. Thank you, Shushma, and good luck to you all. Thank you. Uh, as I said. even if few, few people watch it and some get inspired i think the time that i've spent with you and the talks that i did was right from my heart with no diplomacy with no uh, bad intentions but what i truly believe is give the picture as it is the challenges of an artist tell them that it is oh don't paint rosy pictures because prepare your next generation and they are so talented that multi talented that they are going to be better than you and i think our students should be better than us or our next generation should be better than us and that's what is the best part of anything thank you thank you thank you so much ma'am that concludes our fourth episode of season 3 vistara i hope you found this conversation with guru vijayanti kashi interesting and insightful Catch you all soon with our next episode on Indian Entrepreneur Podcast. To know more about our work, log on to our website kalatapasya.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram for quick updates. Have a good day. Kalatapa